Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Headphones on, and we're in. All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, one and all, to this, uh, a very special edition of the Worst Idea very of All Time. Very special. Uh, it's the, it, this is the 40th time Tim and I will have watched Grown Ups 2 together. Yes. Which, as we've sort of, weekly, I believe, we're just smashing the world record week after week. So yeah, congratulations, Tim, on a new world record. We're beating our own record every week. Like, that guy is going to do that dive soon. Yeah, what's he doing? He's diving... He's diving 102 metres. Free dive. Into the water. He can hold his breath for seven and a half minutes, bro. That's a long time. You yeah. interviewed him. Oh, yeah, very briefly. I t- and what I t- did you... You, t- you were like... I was you, real morbid You told him you might die or something. Well, I, t- I reminded him that it's possible because, you know, it is. I'm going to sort this cable out. There's so many cables here, guys. That's what you don't understand. Uh, yeah, you, you really, you've really got to see it to believe it uh, with the cable situation. We are... Rolling film on this. Yep. Uh, Tim and I are about to do a director's commentary. Of they said it too. couldn't be done. They said it couldn't. They be said done. it shouldn't be done. That's right. They said it shouldn't be done. But here we are, and uh, we are we are ready and roaring to go. Um, so I guess I mean we, good luck. Yeah, yeah. So if we, yeah, you'll hear that. You'll figure out how to sync the movie. It's up to you. Yeah, if you're going to do that. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk you through it or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um. I'm starting the Blu-ray in three, two, one. All right, do we have what? Oh, that's so loud. We've got audio. For us? Let's turn that down. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are opening to a beautiful sweeping shot of a uh, bit of a Lady Liberty. Columbia Pictures Columbia Pictures, a Sony Pictures Entertainment Company. And when did Sony Pictures buy Columbia? No time to figure that out, guy, because we're on to our second (laughs) indent. It's Happy Madison Production. My favourite bit of the movie coming up now. Terrific. That was it. That's my favourite bit of Grown Ups 2, when the old man says, terrific. And we've agreed with a sweeping vista uh, of of a sort of 
small American town. Trees are bound. This is how direct is shining. Is it's not for blind people. <laughs> I don't know. I'm figuring it out. It's a great way to start the movie, though, isn't it? It's, it's a lovely tone. Welcome to Stanton, Connecticut. That's what it says to me. It's, it's, well, yeah. You wouldn't know it's Stanton, Connecticut. It could be any town in America. It could be any like town in New Zealand. It's every town, you know? But they broke that in the movie, eh? The Simpsons movie, they told you where it was. Did they? Yeah, it was... Oh, no time to discuss no, no, that, no, guy, because it. it's our first special appearance. Yeah. It's a if CGI want, deer. If you're starting a movie, you want to start big, and uh, nothing's bigger than, for no apparent reason, a deer in the bedroom. I mean, I, that's I, a different start to any day you've had, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never woken up to a deer... Um, you've brought this up many times, Guy, and, and I quite agree with you. It's apparent early on. But why is he saying open the window and your mother's here? Like, it's just such confusing stuff being said by Lenny Fader. It doesn't, yeah, it's, I don't understand how this is going to solve the deer problem. We've actually, I mean, you're going to have to forgive us for repeating ourselves. We're probably <laughs> going to be leaning on a lot of memories because I've got no idea what I've said about the movie before, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. I, neither do I. It's hard to separate out thoughts from words, from, uh, uh, the, okay, this is big. the deer's obviously pissing on Adam Sandler, which is a big, nice, sort of gross-out, but PG-friendly gag, yeah. uh, really setting a strong tone. This it, is ridiculous. You cannot ride that deer, Greg. Yeah, the physics the physics of the deer have really, they've always kind of fascinated me. Because it's obviously when they're doing those shots where it's just the antlers, they're using a puppet. But the CGI shit, it's like, can deers gallop like that? Just bloody gallop around on a wooden uh, floor well you'd think they'd slip around I mean their hooves are used to the wild which is a lot grippier than a, I mean this is a pretty well kept wooden the wild floor. is grippier yeah the wild is grippier the, than a house than the house than a wooden it's like floor. a metaphor right yeah that is a metaphor okay hey, deers can't a lot do of, um, the, the dialogue what are you getting all the dialogue in the movie just in my headphones you are getting it or you're not I'm not really getting it are you're you not getting, getting any of it <laughs> it's just real quiet it's like it's being whispered in my ear oh really from a distance Try fiddle with a cable, mate. See how that plays you. Do you want to we'll swap headphones midway through right now? Okay. Let's see, because I've got pretty good. This is a fun little technical issue for you to listen to. How about now? Oh, I see what you're saying. It's different on this one. Is it, it's not as good, eh? Oh, yeah, you've got a great audio feed. You're oh, bloody yeah. living in luxury over oh, here. Oh, that's perfect. That means the um, the split is not working, guy, is what that is. I paid $10 for that at Dick Smith. Yeah, I figured you'd get the cheapest run. I figured it would probably be a, a shambles of a situation. I didn't remember my wallet when I went to the shop. I was just like I had enough coins in the car. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know what? I think we can just wing it like this. I, I've seen the movie before. Okay. 39 times. Are you comfortable with that? Every now and then we'll just swap headphones. It, it just adds to the... Um, <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, back to our regularly scheduled program. Sorry, Sorry about, about that, that, folks. What you've missed is uh, so now Lenny Fader waving the monkey in front of the deer. How much did they spend on the deer, bro? I haven't looked into it, but I'd say you sort of you could have built a few houses with that money, uh, or now, one really big house. One detail that you'll see is uh, on the bowl for the dog food. It just says dog. <laughs> That's a they good, haven't bothered to put Bowser's I like that. I think it's there. a good sort of Easter egg, a little treat for the regular watchers. Ah, so silly. So silly. Becky Fader is a phenomenal actress. Yes, we need to draw more attention to this. Becky Fader is a tour de force. Yeah, I mean, just, so just be film. aware of that. Keep an eye on her throughout the film. She's a real scene stealer, and she plays very well against uh, Adam Sandler's aggressive dad character. Mm. I mean... Look at... Gre- oh, you missed it, but... Uh, Greg, Greg looks stoned. Greg looks so high in that. Okay, now this is a baffling scene where a mother is uh, g- 
giving math questions to her child. Why, okay, I think well, the angle we want to take is why did we put this in? We're the directors, remember? <laughs> yeah, I know. We... Let's explain what it is first. So this was um, a beautiful moment where, you know, when I was a child, uh, as the writer of Grown Ups 2, I was abused a lot. Yeah. Psychologically, emotionally, a little bit physically as well. <laughs> and what I have always wanted is a set of parents who um, just supported me, you know? Through through thick and thin. Through thick and thin, good and bad. I wanted, uh, I've always dreamed for some parents who just love me for who I am. And I never had them, guy. So I took it out on the movie-going public of see. America. In and the, the world. In the form of these characters. The whole movie, guy. The movie is a trick. I've tricked you. See, what I've done is I've inserted a couple of elements that I would like in my own life, such as incredibly an incredibly supportive mother, um, who happen, happens to yeah, be kind yeah. of weirdly hot as well, because I'm a little mixed up in the head. Uh, but what I've also done is I've, I've 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 put that little nugget inside of a giant wooden horse, and I've gone uh, to the gates, Trojan horse of of cinema. And I've said, I have a gift for you. And uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment went, ah. Fabulous. Another uh, Sandler horse. We love these horses. Sandler makes the best horses. They opened the gates. The horse entered (laughs) along with my weird uh, sexual issues. All of your problems. Emotional problems. Loaded into the horse. With my my growing up You filled up a horse. The clue is I named it Growing Ups too. (laughs) So the horse is in. The horse is behind the gates. Yeah. And suddenly, action time. Here's what happens, guy. All of my ideas pop out, and they've got bows and arrows and burning oil and lighters and flamethrowers and coconut bombs. What's a coconut bomb? Uh, I, I don't know, but I think coconuts <laughs> are the right shape to make a bomb out of. Okay. So you hollow out the husk, and yeah. you put explosives in it, and you, you, you light it with a flax wick, and you throw it into the city. Why, that you is, why is this like such an old-style weapon? I say, huzzah, <laughs> I have tricked you with my horse. So, at this point in the movie, uh, we're introduced to David Spade's character. My congratulations to anyone who understood, who failed to understand, I guess. That was great, is what I'm saying. I think. It was the tip of the hat to the Trojan horse, as you well know. So, uh, Higgins, we love. You actually yeah. identified it very early on. I just thought I'd keep going. David, David Spade is a oh, the shining light in the film. Oh, damn it. We've got to keep... Co- Damn it. Oh, we're too late on it. There's a couple that are there, one shot, then it goes to the two shot with Brayden, then yeah, it comes back to Feel free to, to rewind Higgins, it and have a look if you want. That's not that good. It's not the best continuity error in the film. I'm a bit chesty guy. I've got a touch of bronchitis. <laughs> that is a horrible thought. Sorry. Yeah, okay. have, that's a good gag. That is a good gag. That is so indisputably a good gag. Brayden holds up a, a, a picture of... See, it's hard to cater for both the audience who are going to be just listening to this. And those are going to be watching the film with us. You'd assume that just we'll just assume that they're watching it. Okay, they're watching Very the good. film with audio. That's how you do it. That's yeah, that's how you do true. it. You, you don't listen to just the audio track of any director's commentary. <laughs> oh <laughs> that, yeah, that would be insane. <laughs> I don't want to leave it up to people to have to figure that out. They have to like adjust the volume. Imagine of walking around listening programs. to a director's commentary. But very well, someone could be doing that right now, which must be confusing. If you are, you. you're, ins- you're you're crazier than us. Wow, yeah. Okay. Hey, I'll tell you what we do so, have on hand, though, if you're just checking out the audio, is 12 delicious Christmas mince pies. We're yeah. bringing in the Yuletide season. Oh, yeah. It is, it, well, it's late November. And I try not it. to celebrate Christmas until early December, as a general rule. Oh, this all good. They're very dry, aren't they? I bet you're finding that. I tried eating those yesterday. They really dry Foggy. me out. Okay, so here's the beginning of some serious relationship problems, and we put these into the movie... 
uh, just so that there'd be some form of conflict. I mean, every movie needs conflict, and, and we're finding ours. I mean, it's a very rushed time for Selma Hayek to bring this conversation topic up. Uh, she's on the way. She's on the way to work in the car, and she goes to Adam. Hey, Adam. By the way, I'm thinking about starting. I think we should have another kid. Just drop that bombshell and leave. Although, um, to be fair, that kind of mirrors the way in which uh, that dialogue was thought of, because we said to Selma Hayek, um, the studio executives come back to us, and he needs a romantic storyline and a bit of drama. Uh, we're rolling in 30 seconds. Can you um, can you grab this ball and yeah. run with it? Can you do this, Selma Hayek? She said yes. She did a wonderful very, job. Yeah, yeah. They had a very similar casting process to Curb Your Enthusiasm, where they'd come in and do sort of improvised scenes around the characters. They're very heavily and well-developed this characters. Time, that They were shooting the entire time on Panavisions. Yeah. And uh, we had our full lighting and mic sound set That's up. That's right. Um, the, the the whole time they were improving. Yeah, Selma was a, Selma was just great on set. I mean, oh. she she really got along well with the kids. Fun and- fact about growing up too. Sorry to interrupt you there, guy. Uh, we used literally everything we shot. There isn't a second on the cutting room yeah, floor. Yeah, it's true. We could not <laughs> we we could not have shot any less footage and got away with it. What what luck. We barely got away with it. This is a way. masturbating joke. Uh, and Tim actually wrote this in. I didn't notice it for quite until we were on set. And then I said, oh, Tim, you sly dog, you put a masturbating joke in the movie. And what you, you said? I said, yeah. I put it in a tiny wooden horse named Becky Fader. <laughs> and what I did <laughs> is I took the horse up to the gates of the writer's room and I said, look at what I have for you, gents. A horse. <laughs> really hitting that horse angle hard. Uh, and here's a great. I mean, I've tried this in real life. I try this every day on on uh, women and men. Just, Lenny Faders three step program yeah, for yeah. getting chicks. It's it's not actually gender specific. You can try this on men. You make them laugh or transgendered. Make them smile. Individual. Tell them they have a nice smile. Ask them out that night. Yeah, you got to. The important key there Anyone. is force them to go out with you that night before they have time to realize you're fugly. Such a weird thing. And fugly, uh, that was definitely a swear word horse that we took up to the writer's room. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. What I did, guy. <laughs> no. Do it. <laughs> no. Okay. So, okay, so Becky really wants her doll. Her doll? Yeah. Oh, her, Mr. Gigglesworth. Mr. Gigglesworth. And Sandler's like, yeah, you got it. And then just doesn't think about it at all. Through Holy the shit. Day. I never thought of that. He does. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to get that fixed. And then just leaves it in a box in the house. If I was a dad, and I was lucky enough to have uh, a gorgeous daughter like Becky, who's very sweet and and seems like very smart and caring, I'd make that a top priority, man. Yeah. That'd be the top of my agenda, not stealing a school bus and going to Kmart. I'm sorry to stop you here, Tim, but this, this, as rightly pointed out this week on Twitter to one of us, or both of us, uh, this is a particularly absurd scene. I mean, this is like the equivalent of a second deer in the bedroom. This is like what? this conversation's going nowhere. We need to introduce something to fucking oh. spice things up on screen. Yeah. And so, what do you want? You want a bus? Stro- you want a bus driven by Nick Swartzen, essentially, who's got some real sexuality issues at the moment, and also he's got a real drug taking problem. The sexuality angle that um, neither of us added that in. That was our third co-writer. Uh, Kind of, to be honest, it really it was a bit of a curveball for me and Guy. We were sort of like, was this the tone? Is, is this the movie we want to be making? Is the question we keep. I asking. mean, I think the best thing about um, the writing process for me, Tim, was that we 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 just. Um, I mean, at some point, we just said, "Look, fuck it. Every idea, we'll just put it in. We'll just just throw it at a page. We'll figure it out." Yeah. And I think that really came out on set. I mean, the performers were just Except they were right Chris into Rock. it. 
Except Chris Rock. Chris Rock was. You didn't like working with Chris. Chris didn't like working with me. Yeah, Chris didn't like working with you. Well, I mean, remember you kept pulling those silly pranks in his trailer. Yeah, I know, but he, he hated that. Yeah, and well, you kept doing it. I was trying to lighten the mood. Yeah, what by filling his trailer with bullfrogs? I thought it would be a funny. You gag. know, he's afraid of bullfrogs. Oh, that, that's it's what a, makes it funny. That's not funny. That's scary. It's really funny. Five thousand bullfrogs piled on top of each other, spilling out the windows and the walls. Anyone would be freaked out. If I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times. I apologise. I misread the situation. Well, but there's apo- no reason to take it out on ap- the movie itself. You haven't apologised to Chris. Chris doesn't want to hear from me, man. Chris doesn't want to hear from me. Anyway, he, he did become a little icy to work with after that incident. And it's a shame that that happened on the first day. He really um, switched off, didn't he? Yeah, he really did check out after that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, be a professional, Chris. You know, I'm sorry you don't have your TV show anymore. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't do that. No, you didn't. I did do that. You, you did that too. Very mean-spirited prank. His, his TV show's still going, isn't it? Anyway. Everybody anyway. hates Chris. He was a delight to work with, a real joy. Mm. Uh, I mean, here, the extras, we, we pretty much just went around driving that bus, uh, and whoever bus. hopped in, we just we just filmed after that. So we just took a school bus out for a ride through Stanton, Connecticut, picked him yeah. up, we jumped out, Adam yeah. and Chris hopped in, they just yeah. unprov that whole scene. Real pros. Bing, bang, booyah. I've never got that joke. Who's he talking about? Who? White Precious. Precious is a, a movie. I haven't watched it. But wow. it's, a, it's a Hollywood movie and Precious was a character in it. After 40 times, that's the only reference I think that I never bothered to ask about or research. There you go. I still haven't really dug into it deeper than what I just gave you. I, they really bully the, this kid. I mean, if you're a parent, or I don't know how old this guy is, but I'm assuming his parents had to sign off on the script. This kid is getting laid out. Those are some pretty full-on bullies. Oh, yeah. Bullying, like beanbag with arms and legs. This is a real, so this is a real actor we had to get. Um, <laughs> He's a human being, as Sherry Terry says. Yeah. I'm a person. Um, You know what's amazing, bro, with this headphone splitter? I'm only getting, like, the background music. Yeah, I know. It's fucking that one's, awesome. That one's real different. You eh? really traded down, brother. Nah, well, I find it easier to comment on the movie. You've like got this. the audio experience we've had for the last bloody thirty-nine. This is yeah. this is just score, the original score. You like that? So good. Yeah, you like walking around listening to movie scores, don't you? Yeah, big time. Hans Zimmer what's your, is my what's your, boy. What's your favorite movie score to walk around listening to? Probably Daft Punk's uh, uh, Tron. I can see you walking around to that. I haven't heard that either. It's real good. Sherry Terry's on set now. Wasn't she a delight to work with guy? Yeah, Sherry Terry's a real firecracker. Everyone. Yeah. Like she Jesus. She didn't really have to dig uh too deep or like this character was very familiar for her. This is very similar to Sherry. An insane sexual being. We have never had so many harassment suits as the four days Sherry Terry was on set. It was insane. Really quite full on. Jesus Um, Christ. I cannot implore you enough to not work with her. If the opportunity or situation ever arises, Sherry Terry, she will rip your fucking pants off with your teeth. I liked Sherry. It's because you're a miscreant. I thought she was. I thought she was a, a real pro, real professional. Just came in, got the job done. All score. Shame we could only give her four days. So good. <laughs> this is Kevin James's brother. Uh, now Kevin just brought him along Surprise. one day. We didn't write this character in. Kevin just brought him along and said, "Hey guys, I've got a funny sketch I want to do with my brother." Yeah. 
Uh, I'm glad he did too. Yeah. Uh, Principal Tadio turned into one of my favourite characters, which didn't really pop off the script when we originally wrote. No. <laughs> Wrote, wrote the movie. Yeah, uh, studio still thinks that too. Did yeah. you know that? You, you, well, you are winking on camera. They can see you ah, winking. My bad. Uh, Principal Tadio is just so great. He lo- he looks uh, probably more like anyone else in this movie, just like a cartoon character. He's like a three D. He, he is cartoonish, isn't he? Right through. Just he's, the look. You've the always voice, no, one thing that we movement. we couldn't quite figure out with the DOP was how we could get a shot of Principal Tadio walking towards the bus so we could see those blue footprints. Yeah, we had real we had real trouble with that, didn't we? Oh. So eventually we just had to do it head on and, and lose the gag. Yeah, which uh, if you look carefully is still there. You can still see all the blue fr- footprints. Um, and that took a whole day shooting to get right out of the seven days that we shot yeah. for. So it was a real, oh, it was a it was a real pain in the ass that we couldn't get the shot. That's right. Now, um, just uh, for the for this next scene, uh, we'd like you to know that we 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 used real uh, stunt people uh, to play Nick Swartzen's character. So uh, you're going to see it in the bus. He's hanging from the roof. Now we got. I mean, we hide about. Do we what- not want to comment on uh, Kevin James's mother and. Yeah. We don't really talk about what she, what went down, eh? She's that was a, the agreement. That was the arrangement. Yeah. We do not discuss. Um, yeah, so we had 15 people on set for that very, very gag that you just saw <laughs> and there. And we still killed a guy. Yeah, and, well, yeah, we slow. lost 13 of them. It was um, bad news. We went to Sony and we said, look, we've we've got 13, 13 corpses on set and the blood's on your hands. Mm. And and, was, and they were not they were not happy. They were uh, really, um, yeah. Angry is a good word for it, and and disappointed. I rate. I thought sort of actually somewhat unprofessionally. So, uh, I mean, we had to get that shot. That is an integral part of the film. We that was the first gag we wrote. That was the yeah, first part yeah, of the script we wrote. That was actually was the Nick like Swartz. that's the movie. Really, that's yeah. the gem of the movie. That is the seed of the movie. Uh, what I find weird though is that the studio. Are fine with us talking about the thirteen stuntmen we killed, but they we had to sign the thing about Kevin James's mother. Well, even now I'm afraid to talk about it. Um, How weird is that, though? It's, yeah, oh, d- ladies and gentlemen, Gordon. I mean, Gordon, Gordon love it. Yeah, who's well, that? it's his twin brother. We couldn't actually get John, <laughs> and the credits it says John, but this is Gordon, who's yeah. a he's a lesser known love it. Um, but he's a hell of a guy, isn't he? <laughs> he's still a Lovitz, as we said on yeah, set. Yeah, he's not, John, he's, not a, he's not John Lovitz, but he's a Lovitz. Um, I love me some Lovitz. Uh, you'll see here... I'm loving it. Adam Sandler's I'm lo- wife. That's good. I'm loving it. Uh, okay, we might be on point to get our first continuity error, and it's a really tiny one. There's so many, and we Guy and I do know them all, but... Um, you, you, you go for it. Okay, you've got to look in the mirror at uh, Mayor Rudolph... And it's oh no, it's not for a little bit. I think it's when Kyle comes in actually. Yeah, it is. Okay, you give Kyle's, for a while. No, Kyle's about to come in, isn't he? Yeah, not, not quite yet. And um, slap your butts. Let's, let's just enjoy John Lovitz for yeah. a second because this is the best. I delivered still line. feel Hold bad. On. That is the single best delivered line in the movie. I yeah. challenge anyone to disagree with me. Now, when we wrote this part, we just thought the movie was lacking in sort of really um, outright misogyny or like alluding to the fact that we find woman somewhat subservient yeah we thought that'd be funny so we thought that would be funny so we put that in the movie yeah <laughs> yeah that's how the writing process <laughs> that's how the writing process worked for us 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Oh, oh, we man. missed continuity here too. Uh, Kid Dynamite is what we named that little boy. <laughs> I've forgotten his real human name, but we on set we just called him Kid Dynamite. Okay, so Mayor Rudolph's character is who you're going to be wanting to look at for your first continuity era that I ha- have been on point enough to get. She's got her arms folded in one shot, and then it goes snaps back to her like frontal, and she's got hands on hips. So it's still got a couple lines to go. I really like the delivery for Adam Sandler's wife on that one, by the way. Yeah. Are you, mar- are you married? It's good. Sweet. <laughs> it's sweet. Sweet toot. Sweet toot. Okay. Okay. okay here we oh, go. look at that extra in the background as a center of frame. Just, Working we it. told her so many times to stop moving, <laughs> she would not pay attention. She had uh, a real bear in her bonnet, that one. Okay. I'm looking for this continuity here. Have we got I it? know, it's occupied so much time, but where is it? <laughs> oh, okay, here. Hands on hips. Oh, boom. Boom, yes. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah, Continuity number one. Yes. It's I got, in the can. I got massive pins and needles in my left leg. Oh, right dear. That feels crazy. No, 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 Leo. It's all right. It's just real ticklish. Uh, do you want a Christmas pie? I'll, Whoa. I'll, bro, okay. Do you want Kmart. Fuck. I got to say. All right, we got to talk about this. Kmart were absolutely wonderful to work with. They were real pros. i just say this real quickly. And the audio from the $10 headphone splitter you've got, all I could hear was like 
the laughter they had taped, like the canned <laughs> yeah, yeah. laughter they had it's edited. It's quite a surreal, freaky is, experience. What the fuck though. is going on? That here? is honestly like this the movie tapping into some. There's like the movie being shit. whispered at you from like a hundred meters away. It's audio tracks that you can't. It's weird, man. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Look, people can't understand that right now, so we'll just tell That's them so about working with Tim Meadows. Now, Tim Meadows is a real pro. Oh, yeah, Kmart. Um, yeah, so Tim Meadows came with Kmart. What happened is Kmart um, paid us a substantial amount of money. Let's just say uh, my boat isn't named Lady Kmart for nothing. That's right. We went into the meeting with Kmart thinking we could maybe get we were looking five hundred million dollars, ten yeah. ten times fifty, five hundred million dollars out of them. I've got to keep checking that timer, mate, because it'll run out at some point. We'll yeah, be able to s- we'll be able that. to see because the camera will go there. down. Can you read the number from there? No, but the camera will just die when we need to reset it. No, no, and no. And it's not an interesting. We're going to stick Sorry. to the movie. Uh, so <laughs> there we were. With our hands oh, right. outstretched. And our hats in our hands saying, look, we'll take 500 million. And came up and said, they bellowed a deep laugh and they said, 500 million. we'll give you $5 billion and call it a day. Yeah. So um, we spent three of the seven days just shooting inside the Kmart and the Kmart um, car park. One of the stipulations was when they gave us the $5 billion was that we had to include Tim Meadows in, which I, I was fine with. I didn't have an issue with that. I, I thought it was I weird. Work, I, I wanted to work with Tim anyway, yeah. Was, <laughs> I thought it was fucking he's, weird. He's not... It, yeah, it's a. I don't know what the relationship between Tim Meadows and Kmart is, but they are in uh, bed together in a very confusing way. <laughs> Things got a, a little muddy with his I mean, character. Did you? Too, I, I, Tim was. I think Tim is contractually obliged to sleep in a Kmart every yeah. night. To, his whole family has to sleep. And I mean, I do not know the the details between these two parties, but Tim and his whole family, um, they're living out of Kmart's. That's they're what t- I they tour the Kmart's around America. That's what I'd heard as well. Yeah, they just exist a Kmart lifestyle. I think that's the tagline. Uh, live the live the brand. Live, live the Kmart. Yeah, well, because he does. Remember, brand. He's got, we had to put the makeup over his neck, but he's got live the brand uh, written in Kmart style letters across his neck. Yeah, which is it's pretty terrifying. I can only imagine how much money they gave Tim Meadows. But it's one of the um, situations oh. that came up, which compromised our integrity, just it's squash, was that um, the CEO of Kmart insisted on inserting his own catchphrase onto Tim Meadows' what, character, which, which is how we got what? the recurring what. He's very curious, the owner of Kmart, isn't he? He's, he's very curious, an man. Dude. He, he wonders about everything, but he's got a very short attention span. Mm. was a roid freak. He got bags it's on his bags it's Besides. What the fuck am I hearing now? The exercise machine. No. Probably. Where? Oh. So Tim and I are trying to learn this the whole film weird. by rote. Uh, there's, okay, see these two extras in the background walking through? Watch yeah, this. Two girls. They're about to do it again. Red top, blue top. Oh, my God. Oh, it's, it's deja vu shit. all over again. They fucked that up, didn't they? That's what we in the Matrix call a glitch. That's right. In the Matrix. What were you saying before? I genuinely do not remember. It <laughs> was neither. a very exciting point, though. I like this T-shirt. He bought this T-shirt himself, Robido. Um, I mean, I tried to buy it off him. I of him $100,000. He said, there's just no way. It's his favorite T-shirt. I'm hearing music playing under the whole scene. Do you? Are you, is, are you getting any music? No, I'm not getting music. Should we swap back? I'm so confused. I want to hear what you. I want to see what you're talking about. Come live in my world, guy. Ah, oh, now this guy can't remember his name, but fuck, he's good. <laughs> That's what I would say about. Oh that. wow! I mean, you're not listening to, to anything in these. No, just 
pay like a- really close attention though, and you you it's quite a treat. It's just now. This is something I've always wondered about because in my experience, everyone always says popper squat, but he says copper squat. That was an ad lib. But we, which we way is wrote, correct? Well, well, we wrote popper squat. Remember? Yeah, he but came is that in correct? Just, yeah. On oh, the movie, sounds weird now. Now that it's sounding yeah, properly, I've, I, I've just got silence. But dude, wait, because weird production music comes in real quietly and bits that we've never heard it before. This will change you as a man. Right on. <laughs> uh, now, Braden's tattoos. That was that was actor's choice again. Uh, Braden loves to doodle. He loves that to was doodle. The original name of uh, this film as well, Grown Ups Two. Actor's choice. That was. Oh, now I got some good gym noises. Do we this want to go a- into why we hate Donna? Slash. I loved working with Donna. Damn it. I knew you were going to leave me in the boat alone. I knew you wouldn't help me out on this one. Donna was a real pro. She I was a real veteran. hate Donna. Love this guy, though. We called this guy Kid Dynamite on set. Forget his real name, but he was just consistently yeah. nailing it. We called him Kid Dynamite. Uh, which got confusing when we were working with the two Kid Dynamites. What? Well, because, you know... There was the the baby as well who who, who bites John Lovett's leg was also Kid Dynamite. What are you talking about? This Bumpty. Yeah, Kid Dynamite. This is diff- those are two different actors. They're not same character, mate. That was the same person. It's the, it's the same character. That was the same mate. person on set. No, it's the same character in the movie. Oh shit! We just missed the best line of the movie. This is what happened. They cut the gag there after that buttocks shot. That would actually be a really funny standalone so gag. Good. But this cutaway, I think we really dropped the ball on that one. Uh, what it proves is that uh, we did obviously we're comedy geniuses, but no one else involved with the production of this movie understand. Like they would trip over jokes, not know it. Yeah. They'd be quite funny, but then they'd overcook it in the oven. That's and right. Fuck out and leave the turkey in too long. Oh yeah. Oh. Time to burning the turkey. Time to do something. Time to do something. Tim Tim's just gonna change a battery on a camera or something like that. Uh shooting at Kmart again. Obviously we wanted to get the word Kmart in as much as we could. Now Kevin James, uh he did this as an offer, the burp snart, and I gotta tell you, on set when he was recording it, um I mean there was no audio effects on it so it was literally just kevin james writhing his body uh and and what looked like a really uncomfortable sort of fashion and uh i gotta say post really saved us on that one because we were kevin really sold us down the river with that gag the burp snut is not was not a good it's not a good visual gag what's annoying and you won't know this if you don't work in the film industry is that um usually the process is you write a script and then you give it to the actors and the actors deliver the script what Kevin James does on every take is we'll insert one offer of his own, which isn't really an offer when we're rolling. No. It's just him inserting something into the movie. Yeah, it's He what, knows it's, we've got to use it then. It's not an ad-libbed offer. What it is is, is Kevin James has a, something he calls, calls his ideas book, uh, and it's it's a children's colouring book. I forgot book, about the idea. And it's just, <laughs> okay. it's just got, it's sort of, it's quite terrifying to read. It's just sort of scratchings <laughs> with pen and crayon. And he comes in and he's got his ideas book folded up in his back right pocket and we're shooting. And then Kevin James goes, hey, I got an idea. And he'll just open the book and at random just turn to a page and point at it. And then he'll insert that. Not a great artist, Kevin James, either. I'll tell you that. A lot of crudely drawn cock and balls in that it ideas is, book. Yeah, I mean, I would I would not like to spend one day inside that, that brain. Hey, fun fact about this stunt. Nick Swartzen did the whole thing. See? Yeah. 
he's a real athlete, Nick. Uh, he he actually had to run off set every day at three pm for his for his ninja training. <laughs> it was so limiting to shoot. Yeah, I think I think. Oh god, it was a pain in the ass. Uh, so much to talk about. Um, I would like to talk about the budget for this particular scene because this is when we put six hundred extras in school hall. Yeah. And our the DOP, only- he said, "We don't need them all. I, I can we can cheat this. I could probably do it with thirty. Maybe like 35 people. I can but make it look like what, 600. I mean, we've got, between us, we've got a lot of family. We both come from big families. I've got yeah. 72 brothers and sisters. Yeah, my Jewish side and my Catholic side. Both sides, both big. Both big. Uh, and we said, look, we've got a lot of mouths to feed. Um, a lot of Jewish Catholic mouths. And and just all, all, all manner of mouths, My really. is relying on me, and so uh, is my pappy. And so what we did is we, we hired... Sort of in a mafia-style move, I believe the, the executives called it. We hired all of our family and paid them a phenomenally generous rate. Uh, we, we gave each of these extras $500,000 to come along for a two-hour shoot. We just put the, the, uh, the ballet on once and filmed. And uh, so they essentially got paid $100,000 each to just sit through a ballet recital. It's a pretty good day's work. I'm really pleased we did that. Fun fact about the movie... Excuse me. We had more accountants working on our paperwork uh, than the U.S. Uh, tax yeah. department employees. We the hired, IRS is less people than what we had on the that's movie. Right. We actually hired uh, a, a little-known firm called Latin Accountants, and what the Latin Accountants do, which is quite good, is they they take your your regular, easy to read English accounts and they translate that into uh, into traditional Latin. Um, and then, I mean, you take that to the to the tax department and uh, <laughs> you watch them wriggle. I tell you what. No, it's brilliant. Oh, here's another great delivery from Lovitz. You sure are, John Lovitz, and so are we. Or Gordon. Can't remember who we used in that one. I'm I'm now hitting the sweet as yeah. crazy production uh, music sort of. It's just the production music and yeah. sound effects are up real high and mm. everything else is down low. What the fuck is your split? 2012. There's a the continuity error for you. Uh, this is called the 2012 Journalicious Dance Recital, but we know the movie's set in 2013 because of Chris Rock's watch uh, in a later scene, so that was embarrassing for us. And as we said earlier, Becky's acting here is uh, really strong. That was embarrassing for us, Guy. <laughs> Someone should have either considered the brief flash on camera of Chris Rock's watch or, or the, the sign, or which the is sign. on screen literally for a few frames. Well, we, but, and we, less than and a we shot the scenes consecutively, which is what makes it doubly embarrassing. And we had 50 people, 50 other family members working on continuity. Not one of them picked up on it. But I tell you what, they earned a pretty pretty, pretty penny. Uh, we gave each of them $500,000 for two days' work, which is a pretty good rate. So I'm really pleased we did that. Really proud I of just that. decided to round up to a cool half mil for most people who worked on the movie. Stone Cold, uh, it was a real joy to work with. This guy's yeah. a real pro. Uh, Stone Cold was a delight to work with. One of the most professional men I've ever worked with in my life. Yeah. Uh, and a, a, a gentle giant. A real gentle giant, that's right. And I also quickly, as I, was, uh, I started the point earlier, Becky Fader here, look at this acting. I mean, I, I can't, I'm so proud of her uh, and the way she, she performed. She was she Particularly was, because Sony Entertainment Pictures made Becky, yeah. uh, by which I mean they are the first studio-constructed test tube baby uh, constructed solely for acting. So we're, we're glad that it yeah. panned out because there was... And, uh, Quite a lot of R and D money That's sunk right. into that. Her and I, she, well, she's a real pioneer. I, I suppose actually Sony are the pioneers in that they've, well, actually they did, and they worked with Pioneer on, on the audio. So mm. she's a real pioneer, Becky. Um, in this scene, we decided 
Wouldn't it be fun if we went to a different state for a day? Yeah. So we, we, chucked, shot, we, we shot this in Alaska. Yeah. In the middle of winter. Yeah. <laughs> we had to spend so much time lighting this scene. And just shoveling snow. It, we, we shot this. Uh, we had a one-week turnaround. We shot this in a full-blown blizzard. Uh, <laughs> it, it was literally whitewashed, the whole thing. Um, probably my favourite production note from this movie is that, though, because we did shoot the scene in Alaska, we didn't have to turn those freezers on for the ice cream. It just stayed that's, naturally. That's right. At a great uh, two degrees centigrade. Which was, that was actually really frustrating uh, on account that in the movie, the ice cream machine had to be broken. And so um, having a functioning ice cream it's machine... pointless us was, going to Alaska yeah, in retrospect. It was, it was useless. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm really proud of the poo gag we, we did put in here. Um now, who you can see in the background there is uh, Tanya Aiken. Tanya. Uh, Tanya was a joy to work with. She was a real pro. Yeah, absolutely. I, she's actually doing, I believe she's a yoga instructor now. Uh, hot yoga? Bikram. Bikram, yeah. Hot yoga in, uh, in, in Los, Angeles. Los Angeles, California. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a great studio. We'll get the details to you at a later time. But yep. uh, I'll Sign tell up. you what, after. T- tell, them, tell them we sent you. Yeah, tell, tell them we sent you. We sent you. Uh, but after after a yoga workout, actually, sometimes I'll nip down to Gold's uh, down on Venice, which mm. is a, just a fantastic facility. Uh, I work Guys, out with some friends. Do you know what I like to do if I'm on Venice Beach and I've just hit Gold's and maybe checked out a little of Tanya's yeah, uh, hot yoga? What do you like to do, Tim? Grab myself a slice of Blaze Pizza. Oh yes, please, Blaze Pizza. Are uh, we? Well, we. I say we. I'm not actually involved. It's not like I'm a, a, a stakeholder or anything. Uh, we at Blaze. I've done it again. Uh, down at Blaze Pizza, we use uh, any w- what they use are uh, artis- artisanal, art- artisanal. I can't be an. You fucking wrote it, bro. I'm not. Artis- I didn't write it. Artisanal uh, ingredients, and, and we 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 flash fry or we we flash bake those pizzas in ninety seconds. I mean, you're going to get that pizza. You're going to be in and out, uh, and in time, maybe to hit hit turn your second. I'm hot never eating class. at a place again. <laughs> With someone so intimately involved in the cooking process, know so little about it. Oh, I don't work. I don't work at Blaze Pizza. I'm not a stakeholder in, in Blaze Pizza. Um, one thing I had never noticed about uh, Nancy Arbuckle before: quite a forehead, eh? I've a forehead. I haven't really looked at it. Check it out, bro. It's there. There was another cartoonish element from Kevin James's brother. Really good stuff from him. Oh, this is about the time in the movie when I get incredibly down on myself. Yeah, I mean, the movie does drag because <laughs> you think school's just finished, yeah. and for us, we know that uh, that the football scene. You're gonna muffle yourself. Uh, I'm playing with my mustache. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we know that the football scene is the halfway point in the movie, and you yeah. think school's finished. Yeah. You go straight to football practice. No, but somehow there's sort of three to five hours yeah. of a day that we just filled in here for no apparent reason. We had a turn of phrase on set where we call it grown-ups time. Where um, when you're watching the monitors for playback, so you're watching any cuts that the editors would send through of our grabs for the day, like a one-minute clip would feel like about an hour yeah. of your life, and we called it grown-ups so, like, time. I've heard it's very similar to hallucinogenic drugs. Mm. Uh, people who've done that will say they've experienced the, the idea that time doesn't exist. Time is a construct around them. And that's what it feels like when we were watching the rushes on set. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's it was terrifying. We were in a time warp. Yeah. And all we had to um, be an objective measure of where we were on the, on the time continuum was Chris Rock's watch, which perpetually showed uh, last sun, day yeah, of yeah. summer. First day of summer. First day of summer, rather. I can't remember what it was. Something of June. That was our anchor point, similar to those objects in Inception. Uh, Chris Nolan taught us so much about movie making, and you can really we, see it on really, display in this film. We really respect Chris. 
these productions, I mean... I, I can't I remember. Think, was that a stuntman? Did we get a stunty to do that, or was no, that we Braden? Got, we got Braden. He didn't like us calling him Braden on set, by the way. <laughs> He's a real actor with a name, but we, we never learned it. Uh, we used to call him Kid Dynamite on set. Yeah, yeah. We, just because he was so talented. Yeah, we did. Just call, he was a real pro to work with. Kid Dynamite. So, um, I don't really know what to say about the scene. I don't think either of us were on set this day. I think we actually took, this is in the middle, we took a couple of week-long holidays Week long breaks. Yeah, uh, and I think this is some of the stuff. You should try and get a closer look at the movie. Really get into the the stuff that they shot. Get in there, and uh, you really you get a new perspective on it. We were on holiday at this point, and we didn't realize that they were going to construct a sound stage instead of just finding a location for this. That's fifty thousand gallons of water, which we did not need to pay for or deal with as a studio. We should have shot on location, is what I'm trying to say. Possibly worth it for that, though. Um, yeah, our I was really getting insisted. in there. That summertime shot, that's one thing that they got right when we weren't there. Yeah. Our that's a favourite of mine. We, we, we built the sound stage just so we could get the audio crisp on that line. And uh, to be fair, they were proven right. $4 million well spent. So just as an aside, <laughs> we're setting a reasonably confusing tone on this podcast with regards to fluctuating between when we were on set and, yeah. we, and when we weren't on set. So yeah. it just just bear with us. Because, yeah. I mean, it's difficult hey, for us to remember. We're figuring it out too, we were using, like you are. We were using a lot of ketamine uh, on set, so obviously that, that really muddied the waters, so to speak. Now, if you want time distortion, get yourself a little Special K ketamine or horse tranquilizer, as it's more commonly known. That'll really fuck with your Chris watch and turn a watch. Uh, Taylor. Now, Taylor was a real joy to work with. He was a real pro. Uh, but I'd like to speak briefly at the moment, if I could, to uh, to working with Paddy Schwarzenegger. Now, fact, this guy... Should, should we indulge? This guy is a... No, 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 wa- no, hold on. Before you go into that, should we indulge? Because there was a little theme song we made up on set that we'd like oh, to that's right. for we, now. Yeah, and I, I don't know why this didn't ever take off. Um, but it went something like this. Paddy Schwartz, party time! It's Paddy Schwartz, party time! It's Paddy time! With Paddy Schwartz! It's Patrick Schwartz, a nigger! He's riding a motorbike, holding a bazooka! It's Paddy Schwartz, party time! And now we're stating Molly fucking Cyrus! Paddy Schwartz, party time! Uh, just sorry, I, I broke in the middle of that song there because I, I just, I, I'm so excited to share this. That's a real thing. First down set, Paddy showed up literally holding a bazooka on a motorbike. Uh, and we said, Paddy, you've got to get that thing out of here. This is a film set. <laughs> he didn't get it. No, he didn't. He was. He became pretty upset. He didn't get it at all. He didn't get what... <laughs> he didn't actually get what a movie set was, truth be told. Yeah. Had a lot of trouble explaining to Paddy... Um, or, I mean... The process of um, what an actor is. And, like... Yeah, essentially. And you, but you did. You you really uh, took the ball and ran with that on teaching him, and I really owe you one for that because you. I mean, you did a I lot look, of extra shifts. I looked after a lot, a lot of one on one sessions. Um, that in, he in actually, a prior job, it, and you've got to teach them the difference between real life and make believe. It didn't occur to me that Arnold Schwarzenegger's twenty year old son, twenty one actually, no, didn't, didn't bit, understand though. the distinction. I'm talking about when we're shooting. Of course, sorry. Um, now it's a funny story actually about how he hired Patty. Um, 
we were actually working out, doing our morning workout at Gold's, and mm. then we saw him, we loved him. We talked to the instructor, how do we get that kid uh, to do... To, he to, said, that kid? That, that kid? kid? We call that kid Dynamite. He said, that is kid Dynamite. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, he said, we call that kid Dynamite, yeah, yeah. which was so confusing because he insisted on us calling him Dynamite. We had two kid Dynamites. <laughs> Three kid Dynamite. Dynamites for getting Braden. Uh, but what he said pretty much is, if you go down the road, down the road to a place called Blaze Pizza... And uh, pick up a couple of those those really quickly pan fried pizzas that use not pan fried, baked hot baked pizzas, flash uh, baked and flash once baked. again you made up the process. Yeah, I look, have no. Faith I, I, in I've it. got absolutely no involvement uh, with with Blaze Pizza. Obviously, I'm not a stakeholder. Uh, but he said you get seven of those pizzas, come them down here, and just sort of sort of lay a trail Hansel and Gretel style to the movie set. Do you He'll think be yours. we were right to hire Taylor Lautner for this character? Yes. I want to take a moment to talk about Adam Sandler's wardrobe, not just in this film, but but for the last 15 years, whether he's been on camera or off. Say what you will about Adam Sandler, but he is comfortable. Maximum comfort all the time. That's Uh, his rule. got a link sent to to me recently uh, of a Tumblr account, which was like, I think it's called Die Adam Sandler, and then a bunch of eights, and then a nine.tumblr.com. And uh, a lot of the commentary was, why the fuck are you always wearing a shirt that's too fucking big for you? And it had a bit of a camera roll. They've got a point. I always wear shirts that are too big for me. I think it's... I, I respect Adam for that. That's one of the decisions he made on set, which I respected. It makes you look frumpy and like a piece of shit. <laughs> you... you, you. You visited a lot of those weird Tumblr sites when we were on set, and Adam was pretty upset by that. What was I going to do, direct these guys? No. Probably not. Uh, yes. Uh, these so, were- fun fact about this bit of the movie, it only exists because um, we didn't have a trailer when we finished the movie, so we went back, made the soundstage, and uh, shot the scene. The studio didn't like the original trailer. Yeah. Had to scrap it. Jared Sandler was a real pro to work with. He was a, he was a real good guy. <laughs> was he? My memory's a little hazy of Jared Sandler because I was on holiday when this was shot. That's right. Oh, that, now this was this was a fun day. Um, what We've we did been is... told. Well, yeah. We got... <laughs> Let me just check out the movie a little closer. We got um, David Spade's head quite literally inside Kevin James. This was one of... This was probably one of the more fun uh, things from Kevin James' idea book. Is he said David Spade's head inside my colon, and we said Kevin, you're going to have to sell that to David yourself because I'm not having that conversation. Uh, and Dave, it was a real sport. He was up for it, and, and we actually—I mean, what a lot of people don't know—is we actually got David Spade's head inside Kevin James' colon on that shot. Sure did. Sure did. Braden Higgins, this was one of the shots that made it from the original round, which we actually forgot to take out, uh, where he was a warlock. Yeah. The original he wrote that into the script. The he was a warlock. Script. What was the inspiration for that? I've been watching a lot of Charmed at the time. You are a big Charmed fan. Yep. Uh, I was drawn in by the theme song, and I was held uh, by those three lovely sisters. And the whole idea that if you get three people together, they're very powerful. That's always... Uh, it's always appealed to me. First time we see the van in shot, I uh, had to pay a lot of money. A lot of money for that van. You'll see it again here in the garage. Uh, now, fun fact about this, we named the garage El Dorado Tires. 
uh, after the movie The Road, the Road to, to El Dorado, Dorado that's right. which uh, David Spade yeah, voices um, the lead there. in. And now, Kevin James, uh, this is this wasn't an Eliza Dears book. This is just a, a personality quirk, an idiosyncrasy, if you will. He um he has three five-hour energies every minute, uh, which can't be good for you. I don't know what is in that stuff, but he he's putting those back uh, like like sort of mints, breath mints or something. And in the full disclosure of everything, I mean, this was the most obtuse product placement. We really didn't uh, stitch no. this thread up, did we? No, it was it was the hem was loose on that one. You very could say. much so. It was bare for all to see. I mean, do you think that because we've given him five hour energy that that is a storyline that will go somewhere? And we really we, we, we did, didn't we pick didn't that pursue one back that up. thread. And we're guilty of that on a lot of the threads. The movie, I mean, I've heard... They say don't read your reviews, but um, I did. I had a look at at Mm -hmm. some of them, and uh, people did not hold back uh, in in, in what they said about us and and the film. They were scathing. Um, I mean, did you you dabble in, in reading any of those? Well, the one that sticks out in my mind... Uh, was I feel like David Spade with his head and Kevin James's colon. That's right. After seeing Grown Ups 2, which fucking hurt. Great line. There was great, great line there by uh, Big Dynamite. And Shaq, him on Sh- set. Shaq really shows off some dancing and acting chops in this scene. Not everyone knows that Shaq can move. They know he can move around a court, obviously, but uh, phenomenal dancer. Put, put the man on the ballroom floor. There was um, a couple of times when we were just setting up lights and stuff. And we were sort of waiting around on set. Uh, Shaq brought his own little Bluetooth speaker in, and he taught us all how to box waltz, mm. which was a delight. Mm. And it was just one of those times in my life where I was like, "Holy shit, I'm waltzing with Shaquille O'Neal right now." I never thought it could be this good. <laughs> I, yeah, well, it's not something you expect, is it? CG was a little off, but we didn't yeah. have time to correct this. Now, Shaq thought it'd be funny see. if we used his dick to stop Ooh, the tire. That, that, that tire uh, had which, him screwing the crotch. Which, we needed it to we just be a little sort of, bigger. We wanted, an exclama- we wanted an exclamation mark on the punchline. Uh, what you'll notice there, if you rewind the film, thus getting out of sync with the director's commentary, is uh, Shaq and Peter Dante were holding hands there in that shot. That was Peter Dante's oh, yeah. ad lib, and uh, God bless him for it. Yeah, Peter Dante was a joy to work with. He was a real pro. Real dynamite. Yeah. If I could pick one word to describe his he was, performance. He was, his dynamite. Was dynamite. He was electric. He was like electric dynamite. We called him electric dynamite on set, actually. Look at these extras. Have a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun on set. That's what I remember. A lot of laughs. A lot of love. It was a good week. A lot of hugs. Good seven days. Yeah. And uh, we trashed a real frat house. (laughs) We didn't tell them either. Boy, were they pissed. That's right. They actually arrived back when we were shooting this scene back with the extras. And, uh, I mean, we just hightailed it. We dropped the cameras and left. And and a few of the boys actually picked up a few scrapes. Um, We lost a few bodies, actually, there. We had to digitally take out a couple of guys. Um, Their faces became so mangled we couldn't shoot with them in the second half of the movie. So we did, we just we digitally removed. We got the deer guy to do that from memory. Actually, we said, "Bro, while you're here, yeah. would you mind just uh, deleting a couple, uh, that's right, couple characters for us on account of their faces have been horribly mangled by the frat boys whose uh, fraternity house we've just destroyed." He said, "I'm not sure what you're talking about." I said, "Those two. He said, "Here's my invoice." I said, "Fine." Yeah. I mean, that was your brother, so we actually gave him. He got a pretty good paycheck for that. He did well. 
This is the halfway well. point in the movie, if you are curious. I mean, I'm imagining some of you are actually watching this film right now. Uh, well done. You've made it half, <laughs> halfway through. Congratulations to you. This is a bit where uh, Guy and I like to give ourselves a pat on the back each week. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good job, right. friend. There we go. Now we just have to watch the second half of the movie, which I'm really excited for. <coughs> it has been fun just talking right right through it, eh? Now, it's like, we can, I mean, we can break here to talk about the experience of watching the movie for the 40th time. That's I'm not going Here's what's up now. Uh, that was Goyle this, from Harry Potter. This is, um, not a lot of people, actually very few people know this outside of the writer's room, but... We got Becky to come in to shoot these. You'll notice that they're never on Donna. in the same shot. Sorry, Donna, to come back in. Uh, we'd shot that very much separately. <laughs> this um, part with Keithy and uh, Lenny yeah. was actually a different movie. Yes. That never quite made it to release. No, and we said, are you going to use that footage? <laughs> we they, said, are you going to eat that? Yeah. And they, they said, no, we're, no. Not, we're not hungry is what they said. They kept going with the metaphor and we said, so we well, we'll it. gobble it up. We scoffed it. We said we'll gobble it up, and then we scoffed it. A lot of reviewers noticed that the tone really changes in this scene. Mm. Um, starts to take quite a quite a dynamic and, and enjoyable storyline with some stakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a, Very a quest, there's a journey yeah. that's being alluded to here. It looks like here's a kid who's going to grow up I want to see a football star. I want to see more about Keithy. There's going to be some trials and tribulations along the way, no doubt. Now, this is the bit uh, where we had to bring it back to the Grown Ups 2 universe. Yeah. So we just had to sort of curtail. Wow. I remember a lot of I saw a lot of the crew uh, getting very excited on set when we were building with that scene because they didn't see the script. And we just told them what to shoot, mm. and uh, there were some pretty long faces after we killed that storyline off immediately. Yeah, yeah, they were not happy. I think that's a good way to shoot, though. Don't let anyone know what. Don't want to let next. them know. Just the, give them the yeah, immediate scene. They might not like what you're about to make, uh, and then they'd be sometimes be brave enough to venture into an opinion. Now, the good thing as well about shooting chronologically is you can put all your most ridiculous stuff at the end, like when we got uh, Steve Buscemi to dress up as Flavor Flav, but by that stage yeah. he was already in so much of the movie, he felt he couldn't yeah, yeah. Could not. Steve, Steve, there was an offer of Steve's as well, that whole arms in the air injury thing. I mean, it was sort of a bit of throw. Now, I wouldn't imagine anyone would... Um, if I had to guess... Yeah, I mean, I, I've never really thought to guess. If you had to guess what, what had, it was that Steve was referring to. If I had to guess... Yeah. I would absolutely say um, that it was electrocution. Okay. Because uh, you, you haven't seen the first movie, have you? I didn't watch it. I wrote it. Yeah. I haven't watched it. You directed it too, but you never, <laughs> never saw it. There's no wasn't, way. Wasn't my cup of tea. I'm not looking that, that gift horse in the eyes, is no. what you said. That's right. And I think we all know what I was talking oh, about. This, is, this was a fun scene, scene to shoot. So... Electrocution happens when electricity runs through your body. And if I had to guess at what had happened to Steve Buscemi, uh, and I'm not sure if anyone's brought this up before, actually, um, I, I would say lightning. Is that a, does that feel like a new thought to you? Struck, struck by, by lightning, lightning while signaling a touchdown. No, no, just struck by lightning and his arms shot up as a, as a muscular <laughs> reflex. I like that. Chris Berman. Uh, we didn't actually get to work with him. We just took that snippet from the real days of our lives and, and, and just put it in our show. Uh, but I imagine Chris Berman would be a really good guy to work with. Uh, I think he's a real pro. Uh, Dennis, our director who we got in for this picture, really wanted to be somewhere in the movie and actually developed quite a delightful uh, character. Zany, character zany character. Mm. The, um, 
You'll notice the doctor later on. We'll talk about this later at the party, but he... If you pay attention to what the good doctor is saying, he hasn't slept in 68 hours at this point, and then the very next thing he decides to do is go out and get a bitch in... Billy Idol costume. Billy Idol costume, so he can go to the faders. We, yeah, we, what, for fun, we mapped out the um, we mapped out the timeline for this character, and he is a real party animal. I mean... Him and Patty Schwartz got on great. They had a lot of fun. Mm. There were a lot of, I mean, a lot of late nights or early mornings with those two. The cool thing is, um, so Dennis has this trick that he I, does I, when he goes to clubs, <laughs> where because he looks dead, uh, he just shuts his eyes and stays really still. And Patty Schwartz freaks everyone out and says, oh, "It's a good, pr- it's a good done. prank they do." I actually tried to go out with them a few times, but they, uh, I mean, they, they were keen, but every time they'd go, I actually had to cover Patty's shift at down at Blaze Pizza mm. so I, I never actually made it out uh, you you went out one night with them and you said it was an Dennis absolute the track. it was a raucous yeah Dennis did the trick he did it a couple of times we did a real weekend at Bernie's with him where uh, he was our, our dead it was like a double bluff though because I'm weekend at Bernie's they've got a dead body that they're trying to fake off as real uh, we did the reverse because I'm a good writer and yeah, I'm creative yeah. so Unique brain. That's what I've always liked about working with you. Very unique brain. Now, we uh, got, uh, well, I, I, I always called him Kid Dynamite in the movie. He's commonly referred to as Blow Dry Boy. We got him. Uh, yeah. We need more screen time for him because he's, he's pretty good. Look he's, at him there. Just... He, miming, uh, it was miming drinking a beer. And we said, Kid Dynamite, just be aware that, that look, it does look it, like you, you are filating. And he said, No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It looks like I'm drinking a beer. And he, he really Great went with it. Great catch there God by, bless his soul. Uh, by Kid Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. <laughs> Blow Dry Boy decided to take his glasses off. Yeah. We decided to go with it. That was fine. It's... He has pink eyes like a little piglet, though. Very <laughs> strange to look into, which I had to do during contract negotiations. You were, you were, yeah, you were very forthcoming with your opinions of people's physicality on set, and that didn't rub well with a lot of the cast. There and you go. There's the famous what shot? It's the 21st of June, 2013. A lot of people... 359. So a lot of people got a pay rise for nailing that. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we didn't hold back with the money after that little... Now, what you'll notice here is Mayor Rudolph uh, in the movie, Chris Rock's wife, is making Real a life, risk, Paul a, Thomas a Anderson's wife, which I didn't know. Paul came on set one day, said, what are you doing here? We said, we're making a movie, Paul. And he, he just laughed. He laughed for about two hours and then yeah, he just walked it was back a funny off set. Too. Yeah, it was a good joke it's we made. Joke. So uh, if you're listening, Paul, g'day. <laughs> Mayor Rudolph... Was um, she was creating a voucher that said free back rub uh, to, yeah. to sort herself out. She was making that for Paul. That was a real thing she was doing. And we said, roll on that. We whispered to our cameras, roll on that. Nobody tell Maya that she's yeah. on. It was really sweet. She was talking to her mother. And then we edited it into the film. And we got into a lot of trouble with Maya for doing that. Uh, she said, you, I, I agreed you could record the character. You cannot record my life. Uh, but we fought hard, and we, we, the studios, we, we won that, uh, and we, we got sure to keep did. it in the film. Fun fact about Grown Ups too: we had more lawyers uh, working just for yeah. the film than the Department of Justice in the United States. That's right. And and they were uh, they were called Eagle Eagle Legal, Legal Eagle. Uh, and, and Legal Eagles. I think they had to call themselves that because they well, a lot of them weren't lawyers. Per well, se. no. I mean, they, they were the exclusively eagles we hired over 200 um bald american eagles Mm. as our legal team uh and i mean you should have seen the the, i mean the 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 complainants trying to sort of hold court uh with with a a full full blind hawk flying around the around the courtroom uh it was very distracting it was it was it really worked well i mean between that and the the latin accounts we really uh we really stuck it to them oh how long is that 
getting up and shooting? I've got no idea. We've got a second second feed up in the corner there, though. You, you pay it, mate. Battery swap time. All right. Uh, now, this scene between David and Brayden, you know, uh, we thought it was lacking something, so we put that Rockstar energy drink in in post-production, and uh, it really went to town and really did its work for us. Um, I mean, the scene before the Rockstar was put in was it was it was a reshoot, and we, we actually scheduled a, a reshoot uh, for late December last year. Uh, and the most convenient place we could get was was in Iceland, so that was going to cost us an arm and a leg. And then one of the editors said, "Look, w- look what I've done is just mocked up a little rock star can and put that in frame." And uh, the scene really popped after that. Uh, and if you are looking for an energy drink, I mean, if you're feeling a bit tired at the wheel, or maybe you just got a big game or a big exam coming up and you're not quite sure what to do, uh, I- I'd like to recommend Rockstar Energy. Um, and I- I- I'm not affiliated with them in any way. I mean, I'm not I'm not sponsored. This is not a paid for promotion. Uh, but Rockstar Energy makes you feel like a rock star, makes you perform like a rock star. Um, so that really made that scene pop, I thought. I was really proud of that. What was that editor's name? I think it was Edward uh, Edward Giles. Uh, so if you're listening, Ed, cheers for that. You're a lifesaver. Cheeky old Ed, eh? So, uh, Lonely Island coming up. Yeah. They were, some, they were a fun bunch of they young men. They were larrikins, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Did a lot of partying with Dennis Dugan. They did. I, of course, didn't get to go. I was I was covering uh, Paddy's shift at Gold. a hooker for them. Do you know I didn't know that. Sandberg. That's, that's really full on. A jiggle wasn't it? Yeah. There were a lot of. I mean, we lost a lot of a lot of good 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 people uh, on the, <laughs> some on the shoot too. and some bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Really made. The whole process worth it for me. All right, and there oh. they are. Here, here are our, here are our lads, our fine young trim lads. Funny thing about this song, uh, we asked for the rights to it uh, from the band, mm. and and they said uh, we hate that song. Uh, can we watch the movie before we sell you the rights to it? And they saw the movie and they said this is a perfect match. Uh, it was weird though because when we were talking. Um, Talking to the the people who made the song, Warrant, uh, in the meeting, he looked me in the eye and told me this weird story about a horse. Mm. What was the story? <laughs> it was really odd, wasn't it? What was it? It was a, a horse? He started saying to me, Tim and Guy, uh, what I've got for this picture is a, a beautiful gift, a musical gift that I wrote uh, many years ago called Cherry Pie, but I've, I've put it inside a horse for you. And he slid a little wooden horse. Uh, horse on wheels Like a child's toy yeah, yeah, yeah. Across the table to me Didn't know what it meant At the time We tracked the song in And I've got that horse To this day I've been around your house For dinner recently And I mean it is It's full of Little wooden horses You must have over Two million of, of them A lot of people Give me wooden horses mate <laughs> Can't say enough about uh, Shaq and Peter Dante As a dynamic duo uh, yeah. In fact you can look forward To the spin-off uh, yeah. They've got a trilogy of movies coming out directed by Peter Jackson starting in 2016. Then we've got right. one coming out each it's, sun, it's, uh, summer. And the, the trilogy is about uh, the morning that, that, that those two characters had before they w- arrived at Kmart. So it's just about what Shaq and Donde got up to over that sort of two, three-hour period. We uh, shot that to a lot of directors. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. The same Peter, who could, Peter took it. And he's, could, I think he's getting four. Uh, the first one's going to be four hours. 
Yeah. The second one's a real marathon at 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's really, on that second hour, he's really gone to town. Yeah. And then uh, the the third film, we don't know. It's, I mean, it's, it's, we haven't really stated a release date. He's such yet, a but. visionary di- director, Peter, because uh, we said, Peter, Sir Peter, what most movies do is they constrict a, a, a lot of time that's being represented into a package that's smaller than real time. We would like to do the reverse in which a six-hour morning for two police officers in Stanton, Connecticut, transpires over 50 hours on the screen. He said, I'll do it. Yeah. We said, thank you, Peter. That's right. Great relationship with Peter. Now, this song <laughs> that we're listening How to How loud now, is that in your can? It's Sam, all right, right? but the, we, we actually play this song in some form through the whole movie on a loop. <laughs> uh, even when there are other not songs playing, that. we've just taken the master on this down so you can't, it's not audible, but it is still playing. Do you reckon I can eat a Christmas pie? I think you can. We've got 12 of them, but... People get upset when I eat on the mic, and I can understand. Eat it. away from the microphone. So, here we go. This was David's attempt at a burp snart. Uh, he was really embarrassed that he had to try that. And that was that was uh, that another was one of the Kevin's only ideas. swear word that made it through. That's right in the movie. When another cartoonish turn from Kevin James' brother. Real cartoon of a guy, real pro to work with, real dynamite on set. You used to call him Kid Dynamite. Yeah, I did. It's quite condescending, really, because he's he is my senior, but um. Why the hell not, eh? Can we laugh? And you got your first mi- mouthful of that Christmas pie. Uh, do you want to tell me what that's like? Pretty good. Sounds quite dry. Similar to the crackers with regards to the dryness. No, ma'am. Your well. mouth is not moist orally. Ah, uh, I'll take over from here while you while you digest that. Uh, we got a lot of product placement from Pepsi. Jesus. Um, they didn't pay us a cent. Uh, we just really love the stuff. I mean, it's it's absolutely delicious. Uh, and if you are craving a refreshing cola, oh, man. <laughs> is that pie not going down particularly well? Nah. <laughs> mm. This was my, my favourite scene in the movie because it's where all the rest of the uh, sponsorship contractual agreements yeah. we had uh, were met. That was a big problem that needed solving. That's yeah. right to the writer's we, room. We agreed we said, to a lot of sponsors and we... We floated a couple of ideas. Yeah. Um, the first one that I said was, what if we're at the Super Bowl? And every, sp- every sponsor you've agreed to get on board uh, with the picture has their own blimp similar to the Goodyear blimp <laughs> and we just fly them overhead and... Uh, in sequential and shots. They, they initially they were they were very excited by the idea. They grabbed it, um, but then we did a few. We did a dummy run without sponsored blimps, but with real blimps at a at a live sporting event. Yeah, and <laughs> over fifty blimps uh, collided in a ball of gas. <laughs> I mean, you thought the Hindenburg was bad. Imagine this was a Hindenburg of a Hindenburg. Imagine fifty Hindenburgs colliding. Uh, of the Major League Baseball final. Luckily, we didn't lose any lives on that one mm. uh, by by some miracle. Lost a couple of sponsors, though. <laughs> Dell Computers. Yeah, Dell, Dell dropped out. Carlsberg. Yeah. Well, we were, never, we were iffy on Carlsberg because we didn't know about having an alcohol sponsor. J.C. Penny. Yeah. J.C. Penny, uh, that was a big loss for me. I was looking forward to the contra that J.C. Penny could, could give. What did J.C. Penny make again? <laughs> Clothes? Yep. Yeah, I was really looking to wearing some JC Penny garb. Ah, oh, 
this fucking movie eh it's just like finished for it's just scene after scene after scene after scene after scene what is it amounting to nothing we're on a freight train to nowhere just arrives at a bridge with unfinished railing we go careening off the fucking thing into the water into the rocks and we all just wallow around in the shallows crying impaled so what i like about this scene is uh we went back to alaska yeah which was a pain in the ass well we built a, we built <laughs> this we had already come back to the main studio in la yeah we built this <laughs> like no nope. we, we, we gotta get that nighttime shot. F- fuck, guy said. <laughs> so yeah, let's get well, back you, to the you airport. Are, you are not gonna like this, I said. Yeah, and we, we we had to get straight back to the airport. I mean, it was a very expensive uh, set to build, which did make it impractical having it in. Good on you, Tanya. Yeah. Just want to say, yeah, it did make it very impractical having it in Alaska. There are a lot of production oversights uh, like that, and I don't know who who who, who should be held responsible for those because. I mean, we did we did have final sign off on everything, so a lot of yeah, people we were, had we did have six hundred people working under us, yeah, like friends and whanau. Uh And a lot of people said that there was too many cooks, uh, but when it comes to making movies in Hollywood, or you broth. can never have too many cooks. Now you might want to check out the Tim, movie a little bit Tim, closer up to the screen. Tim there, got mate. me with a good gag there. When uh, Bumpy says dinosaur, I didn't know it was part of his rap because he, what does he say? He says, "Sorry, so if you that means you ain't got it," and he rhymes with dinosaur. Sorry to uh, be blunt, but I don't front. I'm hardcore. I'm hardcore. Beat and the a lot of people said we held the beat too long. Yeah, definitely for the joke to work. But it broke the rhythm. You the still rhyme. got it. Even in costume, you'll notice Adam is supremely comfortable. I'll tell you one little fuck word that didn't get called Kid Dynamite on set. <laughs> no, That's you, Keith. Yeah, Keithy. He's a little ball of energy. A uh, fuck word. We see you had the dog direction. in the scene for no fun. He took direction fine. You did those mean pranks to him in his trailer, though, and that really antagonized the guy. I actually didn't know he was afraid of snakes, so that's the difference with yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that, uh, that was time. But he still didn't take that one. Neither did his parents. Uh, they actually took you him got, off. That's pretty funny, though, filling a trailer with snakes. Yeah, that was a good one. That's funny. That is funny. That was really funny. Yeah, one of the snakes did, um, it ate his hamster, though, and that hamster was as old as him. I mean, they, they've been best friends since, for, from memory for Just Keith. Fucking weird for a hamster. Yeah. It was, weird for, it was a weird friendship, too. Uh, one of my favourite deliveries there from Selma Hayek. Ding, Probably ding. number one for me on the list. In front, In front of the of children. The children. Yeah. It took a, really cranking that accent up it, to 11 it, it there. It took a lot of takes uh, for us to get the right energy for that. A lot of them, we thought she oversold it. So, it took, I mean, sort of after about 50, we were sort of laughing to ourselves, going, I don't know if we're ever going to get this shot. Do we have one in there? Uh, but then, then we said, just one more, Selma. Just turn it down to zero. Yeah. Turn it down. Turn turn the intensity down to zero. You think you're at zero? Go south of that. That's right. We're looking for negative four. And she finally got one. Uh, at this point, you think the movie's ending. It isn't. Yeah. And it's like a cold slap in the face with a big old trout. I am. Yeah, I'm. Our I'm, guests are here. I'm running out of steam for this movie. I might actually just Do de- delve in closer. Yeah, take a look at those pixels, mate. Get them in your. Swish them around in your head. See what happens. Just be careful with that glass of water, mate. There's a, there's a lot of electronics, yeah. power cables around. A situation on our hands here. 
Uh, so, ladies and gents, if you're not watching the movie, but you're listening to this for some... Like, who are you if you're doing that? Uh, we're at the Faders' house. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful house. We shot this at Guy's house. Um, he bought this place immediately after we got Grown Ups 2 signed, and we had a couple meetings with some... Uh, look, some corporations who would appreciate would appreciate it if we popped their brand, you know, see if we could fit it in the film for a little bit of money. Um, there's nothing dirty about that. That's commerce. That's how you make a movie. Um, and that's how we made a movie. And that's how Guy bought this house. Yeah. Lovely house. We destroyed it uh, for the party scene, which was disappointing. Like, we literally, we, we shot a scene where we burnt it down. Uh, in real life, we burnt down my house uh, but it just didn't really wash with the rest of the film, so we didn't we didn't use it. Uh, and I forgot to tell. <laughs> it's embarrassing. My brother and his family were staying, and I forgot to tell them. Oh. Uh, and it wasn't until they were inside a full blown inferno oh. uh, that, that they realised that. And they they got out luckily. But I mean, Jesus, I was red in the face, and <laughs> they they were too. I mean, they yeah, that was. And it wasn't oversight on my part, I guess, wasn't it? I mean, how was I to know? Shame we didn't use that shot. Actually, quite a nice shot of the whole see the whole house burning. Hold on, you'll see a continuity error here, folks. Look at the raft when it first comes out. It doesn't have any barriers in the middle to act as seats. And when we go to the close-up shot, we've put seats. For me, in. that's so obvious. I think more people will notice that. I think you I saw it on that the first watch. You saw that so it wasn't first, but it was very early on. It's a glaring, and the raft is consistent, inconsistent throughout the whole film. Yeah. It keeps flicking between the seats and no seats. That I was guess, a funny line when he says Richard Simmons is a hero to me. Mean spirit is, is it, funny. Yeah. Is it funny? Is it funny because he's fat? That is the joke. Okay. ZZ Top. Uh, my uncles. Your uncles. That's what, <laughs> my uncles is ZZ Top. <laughs> Your uncles. The, yeah, the sort of singular or plural confusion is getting me here your uncles are zz top are the band ZZ all of your top. uncles are in zz top yes <laughs> wow except mike beard mm. uh that's why we've costumed the two little kids yeah we just thought it'd be funny to have people dress up like prince at this point could not get tim meadow's wife whose name i can't remember off the top of my head could not get her to focus on set and i'll point out a couple of takes where we mm. We shot it a couple times. It was no more than three. Um, but of those three that we shot across the seven days of shooting, she fucked up all of them. Mm. And so we just had to go mm. with the one that she fucked up the least. Mm. And that, that really annoyed me. Really perturbed by that. David Spade, though, just continuing to yeah. uh, carry this movie on his broad comedy he, he was, shoulders, he was almost a, single-handedly. He was a joy to work with. He was a real pro, actually, was uh, David Spade. Him and... And Gordon Lovitz, yeah, Gordon Lovitz. Uh, I mean, we gave him we gave him a real turd of a script, and he he made it shine. He buffed that turd right out. <laughs> sure did. Polished it up, turned it into something really, really um, able to fit inside a wooden horse. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's a funny. It's a we had a buffed out turd and a horse. You've got that in your on your mantelpiece, didn't you? Yeah, next to your Oscars. Yeah. Now, Don't confuse what we're saying for a metaphor. There was a real turd uh, that we wrote now, the script onto. We my, wrote it on human yeah, yeah. shit. Now, my nephew and your niece, my nephew uh, Isaac and, and your niece Carol, they they go out uh, and they baked us this Rubik's Cube cake. Yes. Uh, we did not ask for this. No. And, and, and they just showed up on set with this cake and we said, that is just adorable. And we said, 
wait a minute, let's roll with this. We're at Guy's house. We're all here partying anyway. Why don't we, everyone, we'll get costume in here. Just everyone chill out, have some drinks, but stay. We've got the film crew to come in. Soundy's got in. Lighting set up. And we just kept rolling with the party we were already having, yeah, but we yeah. turned it into a movie. And it would, the fact that it's 80s theme is all based on the fact yeah, that yeah. Carol brought in that cake. And there's a, see, there's a doctor there, again, in his Billy Idol costume. I mean, at this point, uh, I believe Dennis, he hadn't slept for two weeks. He was he was frantic, <laughs> he frenzied. As, 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 we thought it was impressive that his character hadn't slept for three days, but, but he Dennis hadn't, himself hadn't slept awake for, for two weeks. Uh, and God knows what he was doing. He, he did a, I think he did an Iron Man in Berlin, he said, and he also swam the English Channel. I mean, here's a, here's a pocket rocket. You... He gets a head full of steam and you cannot stop the guy. Real pro to work with, though, a real joy. <laughs> I thought so, too. I thought now, so, too, guy. One of my favorite bit of extras acting is you'll see a lady just walked in behind Kevin James and she's talking yeah. to a friend. Yeah. Uh, now, just bear that in mind while we discover that Kevin James's son is a musical genius. Um, For the longest time, I thought he was playing there. Could not figure out if, yeah, if it was really good finger acting. This kid was a real pro. He was a real joy to work with. Really good. Called him, uh, we called him Nigel, I think, which wasn't his name. So here are the extras in the background, and just look at how well they sell their disgust. Now, this oh is, yeah, that's you're what, right, man. That's because Kevin actually shed himself on that take, <laughs> uh, and uh, when Kevin does shit himself, it was in his ideas book, of course. Uh, let me tell you, I mean, everyone within a 500 meter radius knows about it, and those women were on the front end of essentially a sonic boom of shit, um, and that that's why it was such a good take. That's why we put it in. It was the reality of the situation yeah, was, that was, sold it. Uh, uh, finally, I got some audio again. I've just been, it's just been it's quite silent for a lot of the film with these, and <laughs> eh? It's probably because it's showing all the stuff that isn't just them talking. And yeah. you know, we didn't have a big budget for post pro on yeah. this film. You know that because you know what happened to that budget. Well, don't I d- you? I know exactly what happened to that budget. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's regretful if you haven't learned anything. Um, so, out of context, you're right. The scene is a bit dark. It is Adam Sandler trying to lull his child into sleep by telling her a terrifying story. And then when that doesn't work, oh my God, really? That's everything. He drugs her. Tries to. So is, she was a resistant and I'm proud of her. She said, I'm not taking drugs on set. She's a real pro to work with. That was in the script. I, that must have been one of the ketamine days. But we, we wrote in that Becky did take the drugs. Again, hey, I'm not is sure. Is there a continuity here with her costume here? How she's so? wearing that blazer. Mm. Oh, no, no. This is great. I haven't noticed this before. Right. See, she's got her jacket all done up and you can't yeah. see her T-shirt saying, I, Lenny, Lenny. Yeah. That'll is be she's, because she's arriving at the party with her husband. Is she still wearing... Ah. Oh. But then later on, when Lenny's meant to meet her by the letterbox, she's undone her buttons to show the T-shirt which says, I, Lenny, Lenny. This is one of those situations that there are many where the costume department were better at writing scripts than we were. Mm. And when they we wouldn't let them in, they they would tell their story through costume. Through costume. And I have to admit, they got one through. they're better storytellers. They slipped one through the gate. Arguably than us. What they've done is they've put their storyline in a wooden horse and they've put some gorgeous clothes on that horse and just left it at the at the at, at the actors' gates. And the actors have said, Lovely a horse. Well dressed with mm. a bow tie come in. Mm. Which is why I'm wearing mm. a bow tie today, guy. I love that global woman gag. Yeah. One of, I really, I'm really proud of us for putting that in there. 
And, and there, po- I've got a strange affinity to the. Uh, um, you're going to need federal aid to clean that up. Yeah, you do like that. It's something pseudo. Mm. It's not political, but it's it's politics ish. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever sort of handles you have to hang on to sanity while watching the movie. Poli- fine politic-esque. by me. Politic-esque. Politic-esque. Oh yeah, we've missed. So that, here's but- the here's, yeah. That's where Adam Sandler asks a lot of questions. Seven. And remember how Adam Seven Sandler at the start of the movie said, "I'm going to solve this problem for you." And then he just put the monkey in a box and like left it there. Mm. He is so lucky that that guy learned how to sew. Oh yeah, like yeah. he oh, had no we plan. We got in a lot of trouble for this. Um, we forced feed a bear to be a dog be down in the yeah. beer funnel, and I tell you what, forget Peter. It's those cunts who are working in the film industry who want to protect all the animals' rights that are the real threat. Those film and film film animal officers. That's what they're called, I believe. I was actually pretty pissed off when Shaq broke my diving board. Uh, I was. <laughs> you laughed. I was. I was. It. I laughed at the time, but I was furious. I was seething inside. You just got mad. Uh, that you and it was out actually much. after that happened that we rewrote the script to burn the whole, burn the whole thing down and claim back on insurance. Yeah. It's a smart move on your behalf, actually. You yeah, I mean, we, we we made a lot of money. I still don't know if the die in the pool thing is an urban legend that we just put in or if it's a real thing. It's an urban legend that we put in. Does it not exist? It's not, it doesn't exist, yeah. How yeah, sure are you on that, big yeah. guy? 100%. Are you? I'm 100% sure. Why? Because someone's told it to us on a previous podcast. Okay. I think maybe Dom Corey. Braden and Dom H- Corey knows everything. Braden Higgins is just... We couldn't stop him in this party scene. <laughs> Could not put a lid He'd on He'd been spending kid. a bit of time uh, just around Paddy Schwartz's trailer, and he just came back from that place yeah, fizzing, really ready to go. Yeah. Eyes as wide as anything. Eyes the size of saucers. A lot of blood noses on set as well, but we edited those out in post. Blunt noses? Blood. Blood noses, absolutely. That makes a lot more sense than blunt noses. I'm not sure why I thought you said that. Um... Tim Meadows, fun fact about Tim Meadows, he's yeah. 85. Yeah. He's so well preserved, though, because of those Kmart lights. Uh, they, that's what, how he keeps that sort <laughs> the of... The sun's harmful radiation vigor. doesn't yeah. get him in the tent department at Kmart. No, well, I mean, because we're actually remembering it now. We had to shoot all of Tim Meadows' scenes inside of Kmart. So mm. while we did have this uh, this scene set at my, at my house... Uh, for Tim Meadows' parts in this scene, we had to we had Shut, to fit out a Kmart as outside at my house. Uh, yeah, it's weird what's happened to his skin. So he's lost the ability to process Earth's yellow sun's light. And now Kmart owns him. <laughs> yeah, so that's what that's about. Now, this is a... Uh, Again, this is something I put in. I'll be the first to admit it. This was my journey as a child. I got bullied a lot. Yeah. And uh, by Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. Yeah. He used to fly over. Remember, he used to fly over from his events, and he'd, he'd come out, come down to your intermediate school, and he'd kick you around the place. Certainly would. Threw you down the slide. There, <coughs> there I was thinking it's the bronchitis again. <coughs> it's been there ever since Stone Cold kneed me in the chest once. I got infected. It's never really never come really right. gone. Um. 
Yeah, no. I thought that I'd kind of get some credit points because Stone Cold Steve Austin was flying all the way to kick my ass, but the kids uh, no. didn't get wrestling because I live in New Zealand and no one had a TV. They just they thought it was strange, really, didn't they? Why does this big man come and beat up Tim once like a month? regularly? Yeah, it's odd. So I put it in the script, and this is kind of how I. This, this is obviously well, this was, how you resolve things. This was quite cathartic for you. Yeah, when when you're trying to um, when you're trying to uh, resolve the cycle of bullying, the best way to do that is to call a fight. I think fight. Okay, hold on. Ah, oh, how good is Stone Cold Steve Austin's His voice pronunciation what? of I can't, the word potatoes? I can't hear it. Oh, you can't, can you? Sorry, it's only It is good, though. Potatoes. Um, Peter Dante and the, the, the physical form of his life. Yeah. What, you pointed at your headphones like you were it hearing... Was getting, some, it was getting real loud there. Yeah, because there was, was some like, production music there. Just to recreate it for anyone listening... Fantastic. If you are still watching, I mean, you are you're technically almost finished watching. I oh, know still a bit to go, but you've you've almost <laughs> watched Grown Ups too. Oh yeah. After we've spent so long telling you not to, so I mean, congratulations, I guess. And sorry. Yeah. Isn't that a neat thought though? What? That, well, I mean, you know, someone, some people are actually going to get to be watching. Some people might be watching Grown Ups too for the first time right now. This might be the first... They might have actually held off for 40 episodes and now they're watching it for the first time. I mean, this is a big moment for them. This is what they've heard people talking about 39 times in a row. I just yeah. considered that then. I hadn't thought about that the whole time. Do you think that's interesting? I think that's no. interesting. Don't you? Well, I don't know. Yes. Cause what you, do you want from me, well, man? They must just have a really weird... Like, remember how we thought it'd be funny if people wrote down the, what they thought the timeline of the movie was? Yeah. I mean, they've all got an idea in their head of the action and how it plays out. This is yeah. the first time they've seen it pieced together. Oh yeah, as it that was is, okay, that is interesting. So, who are we talking about? Three people, two people. I don't know. I imagine lots of them haven't watched Grown Ups too. We discourage them every week. We do. Oh man, that mullet guy's got a good. Reaction. We've sullied you. We've taken you into a closet and we've punched you around and then we've thrown you out on the street and said, "Good luck." And for that, I I apologise. Like Stone Cold did to me on. Here, yeah, see, now her t shirt is I Leonard Leonard, mm. and she's lost the jacket. I yeah. think that's that's costume planting a really good joke in there. Good on them. God bless them and the wooden horse they rode in on. Back to a sweeping shot of the frat boys descending upon the party. And uh, this scene was inspired by. I had just read Lord of the Flies. Oh, great book. Have you read anything else by William Golding? Can't say I have. No, neither. But I mean, I remember that book being so gripping. Surely he wrote something else, which was good. Y- you would think so. It's such an easy read, too, because it's quite short. And the language is Love very that. lovely. And the precise. novella is one of my favorite lengths of anything to read. Yeah. You get, it's like a good little session with a book, you know? Totally. Stephen King, quite a master of the novella. I haven't read any of Stephen King's novellas. Oh, you should. Uh, Stand By Me is based on a novella. Yeah. I haven't watched Stand Novel, By Me. Yeah. Novel, no, yeah. Novel, yeah. That's what Stephen calls them. And we're back to the film. At this point, uh, the frat boys are interfacing with the community of Stanton, Connecticut, who are all in 
Fader's yeah. house. We, I, we, I forgot what was happening while we were shooting. Yeah, like, we I thought. Yeah, thing. we thought this was a bit of a leap that the whole university uh, sort of part of town and the whole rest of the town just no one got on or had oh, any connection whatsoever. Tim Meadows and his wife just slapping yeah. off in the background. Look at that. Just she fucking does not pay care. attention. Focus, woman. But to be honest, no one really cared by this <laughs> point. No one was paying attention. We, 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 we took the actor's scripts off them and we said, look, can you just figure out a way to end this? Uh, and they End this. That we said, can you I had just... a gun to his head at the time. Yeah, it was terrifying. So they just ad-libbed this whole bit. Find a way this to whole end fight this, scene. Said. They orchestrated it. They choreographed it themselves. We spent the whole budget by now, uh, and they they quite literally they made this up on the spot. And the only reason they were so keen to do it and didn't walk off set is is they needed some sort of closure for well, the whole needed, experience. They also needed a movie to to get out there and yeah, but the, shop around. You know, go. This is me. If it, you know, <laughs> we weren't well, a lot of the actors this. weren't desperate. I mean, you know, you know, guys like Kevin Jarrett, they've all got their names out there. They didn't need this, but they, they God bless their souls. The professionals they are, they finished it. Paddy Schwartz, let's uh, not beat around the bush. It was pretty much just Paddy Schwartz who wanted to see this released. Paddy Schwartz is the reason the movie exists. Paddy, and you've seen it. Paddy and Artie's strong armed Sony to get it out there. Yeah. You can um, certainly get some pretty powerful uh, friends when you're the governor of, of California. California. And and still a pretty big figure in the bodybuilding community. I mean, what he literally has a lot of physically powerful friends. Back into movies now, though, for Arnold Schwarzenegger. What, what's he working on? I think there might be a Terminator movie in the works right now. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I've seen him in The Expendables recently. Oh, no, it's cold outside. I think. What was The Expendables like? Really liked it. Yeah. Um, the only problem with The Expendables is, because this is an action movie, <laughs> we were at this point talking about an entirely different movie okay. during the director's commentary. Okay. They mixed the sound down so low so oh, everything's spacey. Rewind it quickly. Sorry, there's a bit where the whole, everyone's frozen on <laughs> We set. can't expect anyone to rewind because they would have to re-sync the like, They'll just, just, just say it. at the right time again. Just say it. It's not like, uh, oh, <laughs> There's just a shot where everyone on set is frozen completely and then they move. It's oh, like a right, half a yeah. frame and it's really jarring. <laughs> way to go, guy. Fuck. Look, what was I talking about? I don't know. You were talking about The Expendables. The oh, yeah, the Expendables. yeah, yeah. So they've mixed all the sound too low so it's real boomy and bassy. But as a result, I could not understand anything Sylvester Sloan was saying. Yeah. Like, couldn't understand a fucking word of his dialogue. But still, cool movies. Dug him. Great swell from Blow Dry Boy there. Yep. Called him Kid Dynamite on sex. He just delivered every single take. <laughs> and Kid Dynamite here bringing the noise uh, with that bite. I mean, if you're watching... We called this Asian guy Sensei Dynamite because he taught us how, how to um, do our fight choreography. Paul, Paul Hudson was very demanding in that we put in this choreographed dance scene. Uh, and we we had to sell it somehow as part of a fight. So we just put another person for him to play against. He didn't, he didn't know uh, that he was in a fight scene. He genuinely thought that that was... He was dressed in a unitard uh, for that take. And we put that Indiana Jones costume on him in post. I mean, he would not take part in a fight scene, but he was very insistent on getting that, that dance in there. That was a challenge I heard as well from our visual effects yeah. department. Like... Like tough man, Very like tough. forget smog. Yeah, this was hard. I'm just so glad. I mean, at this point, I feel my muscles start to relax, my brain starts to relax because I know that we're nearly at the sphincters are at the finish line, alleviating their pressure. That'd be weird. Then you, yeah, shit wherever you were at this point in the movie. That's right. I think. Is that how sphincters work? 
Am I saying sphincter right? Sphincter. Sphincter. I say sphincter. Yeah, that sounds We've more We've really right. gone off the rails. <laughs> what do you expect? What do you, what <laughs> what do you, you want expect? from us? What, what, honestly? I think I'm going to click that on again. We're dancing on the feet and we're dancing on the... S- I always thought it was funny how this guy thinks it's hilarious Tim Meadows is bald. I actually always think that. Tim, um, Tim thought that and then I just started noticing it and that is funny. What's that? How excited this guy is that Tim Meadows is bald. Yeah, it's good, eh? <laughs> he's, he's got... He's, he's got... I he's got bald. a... I got a... I got a wild one. Wow. Good stunt, eh? Yeah. Do you want to know how we did that? Do you say, do I know? Do you know? No. Do you want to know? Uh, yeah, because I we was put him on a day. wire. Pretty cool story, huh? <laughs> Pretty simple. It was one of the times that we just followed the book. Sometimes the 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 most obvious option is the best option. Uh, yes, and, Occam's uh, razor of filmmaking. Yeah, that was something we'd learned by the end of the shoot. Uh, so Taylor Lautner with the most incredible kick I've seen in cinema. Hmm. Mm, Taylor Lautner is a is a judo a, a judo expert, a judo man, like James Bond. Fuck. Oh, we're recording a podcast after this as well. <laughs> Maybe see if we can double down. Uh, look at the extras. Just, not even trying over. Um, what's his name's? Right I struggle shoulder. to believe that that deer has not managed to get that bra off its antlers all day. Or that didn't go home and its friends were like, hey, I'll get that out for you. It's embarrassing. Well, how's it? Oh, I guess they could with their antlers. Yeah. But I guess once you get something on a deer's antlers, it could well be there, it could very well be there to stay. With that shot of how the deer is coming for Taylor Lautner and where you go to a POV, really looks like it's going to gore him in the face. Yeah. I always thought, I, I, I wanted to shoot an option, but we, we weren't actually allowed to do any of our own stunts uh, by the end of the shoot. I want an option where the deer actually did, uh, we, we were going to use a real deer and where it did actually get pin Taylor his mm. rib cage and actually pin him to the ground yeah and just gore, gore him completely now the cross fade the cross dissolve there was an interesting decision by Jerry um yeah but the wrong one yeah demonstrably wrong demonstrably wrong also well, I always felt bad for Nick uh he gave a really good performance in this scene. Actually, it was a real scene stealer, uh, but we just could not get him in the edit. But you will see a little portion of his face coming up in from memory three. He's, he's already two, been in Edge of Frame a few one, times. Just What the director will be saying, what we said was, can we just get Nick in there to there muddy, we up, muddy go. it up? There's muddy up the shot. And there he did. Now, for a long time, we thought that this photo was of Robert O from the Kmart store as a child, but it turns out it's actually of Kevin James. I yeah. don't really understand why, because it's, it's such it, a distinct character trait that someone else already has. It's an incredibly confused gag, that one. Yeah. We didn't write that. It was the other guy. We actually used this. This was just a regular crew lunch, um, and we shot it. We just rolled on this. So this was a, just a real conversation Imagine that they all this, had. this was your life, though. You, you you fucking went out and got came with your buddies. And then what you came home and house. that's what you that's what you just walked into. You didn't make any of it. That is I got insane. up in the middle of the night last night, famished. And I made a um uh like a bean soup thing. Tomato based bean soup. Fuck it hit the spot. I was debating for so, for a very long time. Um hold, hold that thought to whether or not I should go to McDonald's. We should we should narrate it's the middle of the night. We should narrate the end of this. Really wanted a cheese. So food. Adam wanted to get one last product placement in shop for the final scene and God bless him, so we put it in. Rice chips. Uh they gave us a bit of money and we just completely forgot about them. Not even the supermarket you see the rice chips brand, so we just put it in his hand. 
because we thought that a good character trait for Lenny was he loves snacking. He wakes up snacking, he goes to sleep snacking, always snacking. That, and we were legally obligated well, to yes, and, it. and there's that too. Um, so, I mean, again, this is... The gripping resolution. One of those moments where you really, you think we've had onto an emotional core, a tender moment, uh, and then Adam keeps acting. Yeah. We didn't write the last bit in. He's got a... He's got I a, wrote this ending. Yeah. This is me, and I'm proud of it. And I'm, I'm proud of you. Or I'm not proud of you, but I respect you uh, f- for the ability to be proud of it, because... <laughs> you respect my ability to be proud That's of it. That's right. Okay. Is that... You understand what I'm getting at there, don't you? Well, I hope not, to be honest, because it's a bit of a diss. Adam Sandler is talking to his unborn child, which is in the womb right now, barely conceived. Ah, there were, we were riding high for a while during that commentary term, and then there was some there were some dips too. But what a journey it was! Oh, look, this has been just a fabulous experience, um, Guy Montgomery, and what a journey it's been. Uh, Forty watches of Grown Ups too so far. So happy you could join and celebrate with us. It's always important to um, have a quick think back to before we even kicked off or episode one. Yeah. So there we go with Adam continuing to. I figure we can do some stuff over the credits here. Yeah, um, we can just have a conversation. So, love every moment's going to be blaring through my set. <laughs> it's I'm opening with it, and there's an encore. The dun the dun dun dun. But dun. do you remember that episode one we watched for the first time, and I suddenly became very worried, very afraid. Well, I just there was just a different. You never we didn't have any idea what the stickability of us was going to be back then. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was it was different. It's just. It's different. Every week is different. Every week, it's a different experience. Yeah. And Isn't that incredible? Because it's the same movie. <laughs> what a crazy idea. Well, if I could tell you through song, yeah, I'd say, love every day. Yeah. Because before, before you know, know it, it, your precious time slips away. away. Hey, You've got it. Yeah. Live, live every, every moment. moment. Love every day, yeah. Because yeah. before you know Oh, shit, we got it wrong, but it's okay. Time. Oh, shit, there's other words. I've only ever bothered so to So, these but. are the credits. We didn't really put much thought into these. We just thought we'd go as vanilla as possible. Just fucking stitch the whole thing up. Really? Put it on the assembly line. you know how line. much these titles cost us? No, how much did we this pay for the these titles? This is the rice chip sponsorship. Pay for this whole thing. This is $6 million to do the titles. Rice chips paid for these? Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to like roughly divvy up where shit went, the rice chips money went to yeah. the titles. Shout outs to everyone involved in the film. <laughs> I thought you were going to attempt to do a readout, but no. <laughs> you bailed on yourself. Norm Probably. Crosby really bought the heat as a Kmart employee. He he bought a little oven. He was baking all morning. He was a, he was a real good guy to have on set. He really bought the energy up. Uh, Chris Murrell, who good played joke. Beefcake Kitty. Beefcake Kitty? I don't know who Beefcake Kitty is. You, Fuck off! They're not be, naming. They ca- that can't be uh, David Spade's love interest, can it? No, I thought it'd be the kid. Uh, beanbag with arms and legs. Beefcake Kitty. Oh, Kitty. Yeah. Beefcake Kitty. Come on, beefcakes! It's got to be. She didn't get. Holy name, shit! She got. Cre- so her the, name should have been higher in the credits. Beefcake Kitty. So her name's Kitty. Apparently. Is that ever said? Hey, Ty, remember, didn't Tyler Spindle do a good job on that second unit? He, he had a really good spread of cheese. He had some aged Gouda, which I love. Where to falling out. 
Yeah, I know. You fell out with more or less every single one of these people. It must be torture for you to read the names. No, I made good with some of them, though. Built bridges. Leslie Brown. Now, she was the costumer for Mr. Sandler. i got to say, Leslie was really taking the piss with how easy that money was. She literally did not show up on set once. I'm pretty sure Leslie Brown is a Trojan tax horse. She might not be a real-world entity. We don't know. Never met her. But fuck a lot of money got (laughs) funneled into into whatever it is. Leslie. Good God. Um, the production course, accountant uh, big big shouts to Whitney Troy and Allison when we say Whitney Troy and Allison as well uh, those are the three we credited yeah thousands are acting underneath so many to, names to we just, it was too difficult away. to decide who to put on the credits so we just drew the names from a hat in the end and the three of them unfortunately sadly now federal prison for the rest of the Adam natural Adam Sandler lives. had three assistants yeah I don't remember that I remember two Always no, no, well, that's the beauty of it. The third one's never seen, oh, I see. but always around. And that's I think I think what happens is if what, something happens to the first two, um, third guy just pops in there and becomes the visible one, and then a new person that you've never even heard of yeah. uh, pops into that third invisible position as Adam Sandler's assistant. Listen to this. Wait, oh, can you hear this? Have you got? Yeah, this music yeah, I got through? this music coming through. Where did we get this from? Was this an original composition? Because it's quite lovely. I feel like they just ripped it off Garage Band. You get this in every movie. This classic thing. Like, I remember this exact um, style of thing happening at this point in the credits in Van Wilder as well yeah. at the end. And I used to always stick around for credits at the end of the movie because, especially with comedy movies, they'd either have outtakes or they'd put, like, a little funny something at the very end. Yeah. So I'd... Whenever I go to Do a comedy you, film when I was a teen, I'd always stick around, just curious. What was the first movie, that you like, the earliest movie you know of that did something like at the end the only one that I can certainly remember right now is uh, Russia had some really funny oh yeah funny Russia good. Chris Tucker was so funny on set I'm gonna it's that time that guy goes out of a casino and lands on a car and Chris Tucker was like damn oh that was in Russia too he's like damn that guy ain't gonna be in Russia that guy ain't gonna be in Russia R3 and I remember just cracking <laughs> is that an outtake him. yeah yeah oh damn it so they should have left that in that's yeah, just meter enough to yeah, just, that's yeah. nice I like that the earliest one I can remember if I can take you back to the year 1987, a little John Hughes film called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, yeah. And at the very end, if you wait for all the credits on that, uh, Matthew Broderick, and the role of his life. It was so sad that his best ever movie was right at the start of his career. He he comes back on and addresses the camera, barrels it right down. He says, it's over. The movie's finished. Go home. <laughs> it's real nice. That's good. Get out of here. Well, that, let us tell you, uh, that there is no Easter egg at the end of Grown Ups 2. There is no prom- promise of Grown Ups 3, although we have it on pretty good information. That's going ahead, which is great. Could use the top up of the bank account. Uh, I've, I've, I've had to spend a lot of money building a new house. Do you remember when Columbia Pictures tried to get their name taken oh, yeah. off the picture? I got a reference. Justin Bieber posters provided courtesy of Star Wars. JFK presidential bust. I don't even remember where we put that. And the Smurfs. Ah, so that Star Wars um, minivan was cleared. I always thought we were just hoping for the best on that. Good stuff. This is number 4,700. This is a work of fiction. The characters, incidents, and locations portrayed, and the names here are fictitious in any similarity to or identification with the location, name, character, or history of any person, product, or entity is entirely coincidental and unintentional, just in case anyone thought that. Furthermore, the American Humane Association would like to say that the American Humane Association wanted the animal action and no animals were harmed in the making of this production. 
There's something to do with tobacco in there too. Sony, cool. make believe, make believe this isn't happening. <laughs> make believe, and maybe you can get out alive. Uh, or oh, this thing's really come off to a, 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 a tail, uh, for, a weak, yeah. thin, flimsy tail. I, I'm sorry, I would have loved to have ended on a bigger note, but you know what? Everyone else in the movie didn't fucking bother, so why should we? Thank you very much for listening to the director's commentary. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, it was a wild ride. Apologies if we've upset anyone. <laughs> I wouldn't imagine we have. I really hope not. We're not setting out to upset anyone. We're just uh, setting out to watch a movie 52 times. That's right. And every week we edge closer. So goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And uh, fairly well. See you on the internet. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.